With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back into it, it's Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager, our favorite Husker NFLer, Jeremiah Searles with us at Searles71 underscore HSKR. He's in his Husker den slaving away Searles what's up how are you I'm good man I'm good I'm sad that we're not talking about a Husker bowl game and all that fun stuff but it was a great weekend of college football got to watch you know all the championship games I got to watch Florida State get shafted on national television you know all that fun stuff well let's uh let's go around the uh the uh, the horn so to speak and we'll start with your your thoughts on Nebraska uh, another heartbreak against Iowa. I know we're a little bit removed from that, but still, overall, your takeaway with the season and kind of couple that with the the, the the portaling that is going on. Nebraska, of course, uh, kicking tires on quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, overall, I'm really I'm really pleased. I know the outcome wasn't what we wanted a bowl game, but from what I saw from the program, from a maturity standpoint, from a culture standpoint. From a true ground-up rebuild, I am very pleased with what I saw this year. And yes, there are a lot of things get cleaned up, but I wasn't one of those guys that came into the season thinking it was going to be the moon and the stars. I'm pretty sure I set our win over under at five, right? And I actually won a bottle of whiskey down at our barbershop down at Straight Edge downtown. I won it with a guy who said six. I said five. So I now have a bottle of Eagle Wear waiting for me. Shout out to those guys, Zach, and them down there. But (laughs) I like where we're at. I like where we're going. And you want to compare and contrast some things, and this is what I've been doing for people. Look at Colorado. How many people are jumping ship out of Colorado right now? Everybody. Right? The eject button is hit. Versus you flip side at Nebraska, Ty Robinson, Nash Hutmaker. Those dudes are bleeding to play back again for Matt Rule. They're, they're foregoing the chance to go to the NFL to come back and play for their head coach. That speaks volumes to me. Volumes to me in an era of college football in which you can hit the eject button at any moment. You have guys from a 5-7 and seven football team going, I believe in what's happening here. I believe in the path. I believe in our head coach. I want to come back. It's Jeremiah Searles with us here on Hale Varsity. And Searles, while we're going year in review here, I want you to take the quarterbacks and the turnovers and put it to the side because we've talked about that plenty over the past couple of months. But I want you to pick the biggest success that you saw from Nebraska this season in terms of progress or in terms of being a competent team, if you will. And then the biggest failure, the biggest thing that needs to get cleaned up, again, throwing turnovers from the quarterback position to the side? You know, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is just the efficiency on offense, right? Like, I think there was times where it was good, times where it was god-awful, but we lived too much in the gray area of inconsistency. And good football teams, and that leads to great ones, are very consistent with what they can do week in and week out on the football field. Look at the 14 playoff. 
every team has an identity in which they're very good at, right? Washington, Texas, they throw it all over the yard. They've got quarterbacks that can move. Bama, Michigan, bruisers up front, starting with the offense and defensive lines, right? Those guys are consistent. We need to be more consistent on offense, whether that means we're better running the football, whether we put more emphasis on the quick passing game, whatever it may be, that is the biggest thing we have to get cleaned up next year is knowing who our identity is, what we do, and not mattering who we're playing against, making them stop us, making them stop what we do well. We never really did that this year. That's the biggest thing we need to get cleaned up. Do you have a, a biggest success, the biggest point of progress that you saw this year? Tony White. Tony White is the biggest. I mean, I was devastated when I thought we were going to lose him to USC. I was, I mean, I was. Were you, were you thinking myself. he was going to go to Hollywood? I was thinking he was going to get p- p- paid. And like, how are you supposed to tell a guy not to go get paid, right? Like, in Matt Ruler said, like, if it's going to be a vault up in your career, and I'm not saying that is, but $1.6 million is a vault up in something. So, you know, I'm really excited that he's back. I think he was tremendous for this team, tremendous for this state. I mean, you talk about a program that lives and dies with the black shirts and being a dominant defense and all those things. Couldn't be happier for what he did, how he came in, handled his business this year, and really excited to see the future with some super young D linemen that are just going to take even bigger jumps this offseason. Searles, let's uh, get to the the quarterback spot. And uh, right now, Nebraska's – looking around, making some some trips, making some in-person visits, all the while, really, as, as we talk, just a couple of guys, non-quarterbacks in the portal, but we're not expecting much portal movement, at least initially by Nebraska, probably not much at all. To, to your point about the Robinson and Polar Bear example, guys want to come back and see if they can get this team over the hump. But you look at Chuba, you look at Heinrich, uh, Sims is is still here, but I want to focus on on Chuba. What do you believe his ceiling could be? I mean, you've seen some good and limited action, and he's way different than a year ago when he was under Whipple. Yeah, I would love to see his progression of a passer. I think we saw the athletic ability, we saw his ability to create with his legs, but that's never going to be his bread and butter because he's not quite fast enough to really be a difference maker in the run game and he's not quite physical enough to be a bruiser running quarterback. You know, he's kind of in between athletically. But the thing that worried me the most about him was his ability to get through his progression, right? He was very much a one read, not there, tuck and run. And I'm not saying that's who he's always going to be, but that's got to be the next progression in his game of understanding pre-snap alignment, what's my coverage, what's my route concept, who's my number one read, and then, oh, that's not there, how do I get to two to three? That's where I think we'll know more of his ceiling as he goes, but – you know, Harburg, we got to see. Same thing with him. He's got to be a better passer. This is college football era where you have to be able to throw the football. You just you have to throw the football to win games. It's just part of it, unless you are a Michigan or an Alabama or one of those guys that has a stable of NFL running backs behind you every single time. So I think quarterback is the number one thing we have to go find a portal. And I've heard the checkbook could be open. And, you know, Matt Rule is the first one to say it. I don't know if it's a million dollars plus open. But, you know, that's the era of college football. You know, I represent some players for NIL. I have a couple guards right now that are NIL guys that are getting north of $300,000 a year, right? It's just where it is in college football. It's how it works. It's how it goes. And if you want to be successful, you got to pay. How does that work with uh, your representation? And there's a couple of guards. Uh, You're well-versed at that spot as well as tackle. And is, is it as simple as a business contacting 
you or a relationship with the kid and uh, away you go? I mean, do, do, you, do you mind laying it out? Yeah. So it's a, everyone does it differently because there is no governing body, right? Like there is no like rules that you have to follow. It is as gunslinging wild <laughs> west as you can make it. Right. I mean, with the NFL, you have to be certified and you have to have the ability to there's a legal tampering period. And then there's these times you can talk to kids and you can't all that's out the window. It's all bets off. You know, the way that we handle as an agency is the first thing we ask players is, is this a football decision or is this a business decision? Right. Or is it somewhere in the middle? Right. Because sometimes guys are hitting the portal strictly to just go get paid. Right. And hats off to them. That's what you want to do. Or is this a business decision to lead to the NFL? Is this a decision where I want to go somewhere that I can play better next to better competition or get better coaching or be in a better system or play a different position or do all of that? And if that's the sole focus, then let's help you on that end first and then figure out the money later. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of how we go about it, where every agency is different. I mean, and as far as like when you can talk to guys, when you can't. Like schools wise, I'll tell you this, that's just all out the window. None of that matters. You guys are getting contacted all the time. It's it's the Wild West. And until the NCAA does something to come down on it, which I am a, a huge component that they should, mm-hmm. like they need to have some type of governing body, it's just going to continue to get more and more crazy. It's Jeremiah Searles with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Searles, we'll get into Florida State, also your relationship with Team Jack here in just a second. But first, I want to talk specifically about that quarterback position for Nebraska. And you kind of laid out the two sides of the coins. You have the the one set of guys maybe trying to maximize their earning potential before a potential pro career. The guys that, you know, know that right now, whenever you're 20, 21 years old playing quarterback, it's kind of your best chance to go take care of your retirement now as opposed to a potential NFL career. And then you have the other side of guys that are looking to, to you know, maybe get themselves some more exposure, some more experience, some more tape to put on film to give themselves a better shot at the NFL. Whenever you look at those two classes of guys, specifically at the quarterback position, what spot do you think Nebraska fits more into in terms Mm. of those types of guys they're looking for? Yeah. You know, I think we're not quite in the top tier of guys are going to come here because they think it's going to help their draft spot. Right. I we're not quite there. And that's not, that's not a knock on Nebraska. That's just, if you have to tear out the the schools, right? Like obviously if you want to go play at the next level, it's a lot easier to go like, well, let me go play at Ohio state and throw to the next Marvin Harrison or throw to the next Chris Olave or whoever they have in the kitty coming up. Right. I mean, it's as simple as Joe Burrow going down to LSU and be like, ah, Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase. This is kind of fun, right? Like we're not quite there. I think we're going to be more in that middle of the pack quarterback. That's a younger player had some starts, but wants to be the guy. Right, wants to be the guy and wants to have a team be his team. And he's done enough to earn a nice payday with it, but he's still hungry enough to know that there's a lot left out in front of me for me to go prove. And so I think that's the kind of player that Nebraska needs to target. That's the kind of pitch they need to have to sell to that kind of guy. And that's the right guy that Matt Rule is going to need to get to run this offense. Any quarterback you've seen, and let me just lay out the the names we're hearing that, that Nebraska's been in contact with Sam Levitt, uh, really high-level kid out of Oregon, top quarterback out of Oregon, was at Michigan State, threw a touchdown pass on a trick play against Nebraska. Blake Shapin, a kid that was recruited by Rule down at Baylor. Uh, you got McCord at Ohio State. Please no. A- and <laughs> Will Howard at Kansas State. I think that's the first guy they visited. 
I like Will Howard for this spot. I think everybody likes Will Howard. I think uh, Lane I, Kiffin, and, Lincoln Riley, everybody <laughs> likes. Yeah, yeah, Everyone's yeah. a big Will Howard fan. I know. I, honestly, my favorite quarterback in the portal is the Ward kid from Washington State. Uh, yeah, that's great. I love that kid, but he's going to be Tennessee, Alabama. Like he's going to be up there, and his price tag is going to be really, really high. But I think his arm talent is really, really good. Um, you know, and so you have to remember. Though Matt Rule brought Jeff Sims in for a reason. It's because he likes a mobile quarterback. Mm -hmm. So when you go through that list, I think that's going to be a big criteria for what Matt Rule wants and someone to run his offense is a guy that can create with his legs and be a threat in the run game. You know, so there's a couple guys, and that's why I think McCord's not it. Right. And I'll eat my hat and I'll be a McCord fan if they sign him here. Please don't think I'm poo-pooing him. But you know, based off what I've seen based off what our offense is and where our, the state of our offensive line is right now, and that's going to be in a rebuild too, I think it's got to be a running quarterback. Well, and the, the guy went 11-1 and one this year, and he's leaving. Yeah, I mean, he was driving a Porsche Cayenne, and he <laughs> didn't even get it all the way to the finish line, right? I mean, the dude had everything imaginable around him, and he still couldn't figure out a way to get to the finish line. I worry about you take a guy like that, and put him in a less talented area, mm -hmm. is that who he is, or can he elevate people around him? And that will always be the question mark with him until he finds a new spot. Guy I really like, Searles, is Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. Mm, Has had dude. good success. I like him because he's got that dual threat ability, doesn't throw many picks. I know it's lesser competition, but the big difference I see between him and Cameron Ward is Cameron Ward fumbled 14 times last season, which is, you know, a lot. Whereas Grayson McCall's done a good job taking care of the football throughout his college career. Maybe he's looking for a step up in competition to put some NFL tape out there and get him a little more NIL money. I think that's a name that only makes a lot fourteen of sense. fumbles. Sign him up. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I think we, I think we'll take that. But I, I do understand what you're saying. I definitely understand what you're saying in that front. But I think a lot of the fumbles in Ward's case too were in pocket fumbles, which is what worries me. Right, strip sacks, not taking care. But I think that's something. I'm not saying a Tiger can't change his stripes, but, you know, that's a concern, obviously, because that was the issue with Sims coming in as well. So before we get you out of here, the four-team playoff, Florida State, as you said earlier, shafted Alabama's in. A lot of people saying the amount of money ESPN's going to make off of Bama being in is probably what put that over the line. What are your thoughts on that four teams? I feel so bad for Florida State and Norvell and those boys down there because the playoff committee – literally told them winning it doesn't it's not everything anymore and from when we played peewee football to when i hung my cleats up winning meant everything right it meant everything it didn't matter how it happened it didn't matter how you got there as long as it was about the w and the l column that's what got you up the next morning and to tell those boys that for 365 days from their last loss they did everything right they went to every workout they showed up to every practice. They played every game. They found a way to find adversity and combat it and find ways to win for the playoff committee to just throw all of that out of the window and say, sorry, boys, TV revenue means more than winning. It's just a shame, and I hate it, and I hate everything about it. Searles, uh, real quick, uh, it is the holiday season, and I know a uh, close friend of yours, Cam Jurgens. Um, I caused my cleats, uh, Team Jack. Uh, you participated in that with Tyson's treasure chest. Uh, tell the folks a little bit about uh, your involvement, uh, your relationship with uh, the good folks at Team Jack. Yeah, I love the guys at Team Jack. Obviously, I've been a part of them since I was the inauguration. I was on the field when Jack ran the, the touchdown back in the, uh, the spring game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now I'm on the Husker alumni chapter. We helped put events together. We had the golf event. We got the gala coming up in February. 
you know, and just a continual fight against trying to find a cure for pediatric brain cancer. It's a fight that is never ending. It's a fight that we hope to find an end to one day, but we're going to continue to fight every step of the way. Team Jack and Husker football is going to forever and always be intertwined. And that's something that till the day I die, I will continue to try and fight that fight. So well, Team Jack has uh, Hall of Famer Bryant Young at the gala this year. I saw Can you let people know how they can get tickets to that gala should they want to attend? Yeah, uh, teamjack.com. I believe it's the teamjackfoundation.org. Take mm-hmm. a look there, find tickets, table sponsors, all that stuff. Um, I'm sure we'll still look into that. You can always find Kylie Dockner, too. She's the head of Team Jack Foundation. So look her up. She handles all of that stuff. Yep, find Kylie and get signed up and uh, swing the swing the clubs with Searles, too. Mm-hmm. I mean. Oh, how's the swings in a bad swings in a bad place right Is now, it? Smitty. Oh, I thought well, about maybe trying to get out on Thursday with the weather a little nice, but I don't know if I need to do that to myself. Well, one of us could carry your clubs because I want to get out and golf too. Searles, you be good. Best to you and your fam. Thanks for the time. Absolutely, guys. Appreciate it. Go Big Red. Gotta love Searles. Good insight and, uh, of course, straight takes right there on NIL, on quarterback, the season, all that good stuff. Podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. You want to catch the interview again with Hale Varsity Radio.